How's it going, guys? Welcome back to episode 24 of the Play Action Podcast. I got my boy Brennan right beside me, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about this week, a crazy week of college football. What was your biggest takeaway from uh, this week? Like the biggest takeaway? Like with all the craziness that happened, what was like the one thing that kind of stood out to you? I would say that no one's safe. You know? Yeah. Because we saw top five play closer games than we expected. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, yeah, I would say that, you know, no one's safe. No one's a lock. Because, I mean, you could say that Georgia's a lock. Ohio State's a lock. You know, we thought Tennessee was a lock and was going to win out. And obviously, we were proved wrong. I mean, Hendon Hooker did get hurt, which is very unfortunate. Very sad to see. Because, you know, dude's been balling all year. They've been the story all year, and I, I love Hendon. I, I love that guy. But, uh, yeah, just basically no one's a lock. You know, no one's safe. Anything can happen, and that's kind of the beauty of college football. Yeah, and I think kind of another thing with that, too, is is there really, a, like, a favorite, like, for for the national championship this year? I know Georgia's up there, and they've looked solid almost all year, but I wouldn't say that there's, like, a clear, like, front runner like, favorite. In my I wouldn't. So. Yeah, I thought it was Georgia, you know, and then we saw – kind of some weakness on the offensive side this weekend yep. in their game only putting up what was it how many points they put up was it 17 16, yeah. 16 so i mean you got to be more productive on the offensive side if if you want to be able to uh you know compete for the national championship but uh yeah i, I agree I don't, I don't think that there's a clear favorite or a clear best team in the country right now yeah i agree so uh, I think we're just going to jump into um recapping some of the games this weekend obviously we had um USC, UCLA, they played um, a close one and a high offensive scoring game as we expected. USC was able to get the win 48 to 45 after, a, you know, Caleb Williams, very impressive performance, you know, with, with the arm and the legs. Um, you know, do you think that this USC team is uh, the hottest team in the country right now? Yeah, I think you could definitely make the argument. You know, there, things are clicking for them and I know their defense still is is kind of letting them down a little bit, but it seems like the offense is reaching a new level, yeah. maybe. So yeah, and there's there's times in that game where where I looked at Caleb Williams making throws, and I was like, this dude is special. Yeah, like he is really special. So specifically the throw, you know, across his body, he was sprinting body, yeah. to the left, kind of jumped back and made the throw across his body, and it was an absolute dart yeah. to uh, you know, it was, it was probably Jordan Addison on the receiving end who had a monster game as well, but you know, it was, it was pretty special. Yeah. And I think what's, what's even crazier about, you know, Caleb Williams is he's got another year. Yeah. You know, he's coming back to USC. Yeah. I don't think people realize that. So that's just terrifying. You know, USC is, is really hitting on all cylinders right now. And I think, you know, if they can just get that defense to step up just a little bit, that offense is, is more than good enough to, to carry them through games and to win the close ones. So, yeah. I think they just need a little bit more from their defense. And, you know, we could be talking about USC as a playoff team. Yeah, we really could. I mean, next step is uh, having to go and beat Notre Dame, who they got next week, who's looking a lot better than they did earlier this season. But, yeah, a lot to look out for as far as you USC, you know, coming out of the Pac-12. You know, let's stay in the Pac-12. Utah made the trip out to Eugene. Fell a little bit short, you know, 17 to 20. Should we be concerned about Bo Nix and his health, because obviously, you know, Ducks only putting up 20 points. Utah does have a better defense than most teams they played this season, but should we be concerned when we're talking Oregon 
and uh, you know maybe a Pac-12 championship game against USC. Yeah, it, it was it was a little concerning to see kind of Bonix play the way that he did because he was still making plays, but it just it wasn't as dynamic. Yeah, and it seemed it really really difficult for them to kind of make those plays. And you know, I, I know there was times where he would roll out a little bit and. It looked like he was walking almost because, yeah. you know, he just really couldn't put much pressure on it. So I think he needs to get that ankle healed up and, you know, get this Oregon offense back to kind of what they were doing. But I think what's important to to notice is, you know, they got a tough game this week against oh, Oregon State. Yeah. And I don't think many people will look at Oregon State as a tough game, but they've only lost one game in the last two years at home. And it's know? a rivalry game. Yeah. So... Bonix is going to have to be completely healthy for for this Oregon team to be successful the rest of the way, and I just don't know if we're going to see that because uh, they haven't clinched the Pac-12 championship or uh, clinched a berth in the Pac-12 championship game yet, right? No, so they need they need to win. I think if they win, then then it's in. But if they lose, then there's some realistic scenarios where teams could jump them into yeah. that you know championship game. Yeah, we so. could see you know Washington or maybe even Utah which yeah. uh, is a surprise to many of you out there. But um, we'll talk about, you know, conference championship scenarios later. But, uh, yeah, that, that was the Pac-12 this weekend. Moving on, you know, TCU 29-28 to against Baylor, one on a rushed game-winning field goal. You know, should we be concerned about TCU, you know, only winning by one against a pretty mediocre Baylor team this year? It was it was an interesting performance. Uh, they definitely weren't hitting on all cylinders like they have been for most of the season. And I know we don't like to talk about it, but it was you know one of those comeback victories. Yeah. So and and I think uh, <laughs> I think Baylor really threw that game away. Yeah. To be honest, so you know some poor play calling down the stretch. They didn't really execute as well as they needed to. But I think the thing that stood out to me was their coach saying that they've practiced that scenario they with did. the kick team running out with like 15 seconds left. I was, it was crazy that, you know, that scenario was gonna, you know, either give them a playoff chance or, you know, not give them that playoff chance. Having your kicker run out there. I didn't agree with that. I thought they should have spiked on third down, you know, given the kicker some breathing room to be able to make a comfortable kick. But to see them run on third and uh, have the clock run down, it was, it was scary for me. I was freaking out. Yeah, I was, I saw him run it and I was looking at the time and I'm like, they're not gonna have enough time yeah. to get it off. And then I see everyone, you know, mad scrambling back and forth. And uh -huh. I'm just like, this is just, this is chaotic. Yeah. Like, this is crazy. And then he, he drilled it. It was ice. Yeah. He ice in his veins. He yeah. just put it right through. Seriously. No problems at all. No problems. So, you know, shout out to TCU. Kept their playoff hopes alive. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see kind of you know how they look the rest of the way because i know we talked about them already clinching their spot in the championship game so we we thought that there was no pressure going into this baylor game you know you're just trying to win out for your playoff hopes yeah. but obviously there was a lot of pressure you know going yeah. to that game and, every game and is a pressure yeah definitely so everything on the line for uh tcu but you know able to get it done max duggan you know maybe that helps his heisman case with uh you know that game winning drive there at the end but yeah you know, big win for TCU. Some uh, other notable games. We have two other that we kind of want to talk about. You know, number five, Tennessee, going at South Carolina, losing 63 to 38. You know, Spencer Rattler with, uh, you know, game of his life, essentially. Yeah, uh, 
that was crazy. You know, it kind of caught me off guard. Obviously, Hennon goes down. I think it was early in the second half. I think he had the the non-contact knee injury, which has turned out to be uh, an ACL tear, which, I mean, you know, prayers out to Hennon Hooker. You know, that makes me really sad. Freaking love the guy. He's been balling all year. Yeah. But, um, you know, Tennessee, they're out of the playoff talk now, which um, kind of clears things, clears the way for, uh, you know, other teams who are kind of on the brink of the playoff, including, you know, the Pac-12, who, who we mentioned earlier. But, you know, is is that concerning for uh, Tennessee to, you know, are, are they just a defense away from being a serious team? Yeah, it's it's interesting with Tennessee because it seemed like their defense was just performing to a level that it was good enough for the offense to just kind of like blow through people. Yeah. You know, and I, I don't think we ever thought that Tennessee's defense was overly strong. Yeah. Um, I think we knew that there was weaknesses there. And I think it was, you know, Saturday was the first time we seen a team absolutely explode on them. Yeah. You know, so I, I like I know Alabama had 49, but we kind of expected that from them. Yeah. But, you know, South Carolina just exploded out of nowhere. Like, if you talk about their last two weeks, they went to the swamp at Florida and lost 38 to 6. Oh, wow. And then a week later, beat the number five team in the country in a beatdown. That's crazy. So It's college football for you. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter what you did the week before. It doesn't matter what you do next week. You know, you always have to be ready to play the team on your schedule right in front yeah. of you. And and if you're not, like, you're going to get punished. So. Yeah, 100%. And next week, they got Clemson on the road. So, yeah. I mean, another chance to kind of eliminate another team from the playoff. Yeah. Which would be crazy. But, um, yeah, that just goes to show, you know, how competitive the SEC is from top to bottom. Yep. So, uh, South Carolina able to get that done. We'll see if, um, you know, they're able to pull it out next week against Clemson. Um, last game is going to be, you know, Illinois making the trip to the big house. Um, Michigan was able to sneak away with that win. Like we mentioned earlier, you know, it seems like all top five teams – struggled to um you know get get the wins that they should have won and uh michigan only won 19 to 17 you know should we be concerned about the offensive production of michigan you know going into obviously the game next week yeah if, if blake quorum can't go they're at a severe disadvantage yeah because you know their offense runs literally yeah it runs from the running game yeah it does so if, they can't, if they can't run the football then I think J.J. McCarthy, McCarthy has shown that he's not that kind of guy when it comes to a pr prolific, you know, quarterback yeah. passer. So I don't think you can be comfortable relying on him. Yeah. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see if Ohio State puts him in situations that they're going to have to pass because, you know, it, I just don't know if if Blake or not Blake Corm, uh, J.J. McCarthy is going to be able to do it. So, yeah. It's going to be interesting because they really haven't had to play from behind per se. Yeah. You know, they've mostly kind of been on top of teams and just been able to lean on the running game to, you know, melt the clock and, and score that way. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how this game uh, ends up this weekend. Yeah. hundred percent. Two completely different teams. I mean, Ohio State's offense is mainly passing, Michigan being the run game. I heard that Blake Corum, his injury isn't too severe. So I will expect to see him this weekend, kind of similar to, you know, a lot of question marks on Bo Nix this weekend. We ended up seeing him. Hope, we hope to see, you know, Blake Corum healthy and ready to go for that game because, I mean, it's probably going to break the record for uh, 
as far as like views and stuff like that. Yeah. Definitely. I would say for that big noon kickoff. But, you know, that was that was kind of the top five games of the week. We kind of wanted to recap for uh, was it week 11? Week. Was it week? Yeah, it was week, week 12. Week was 12. It, that was week 12? Yeah. So we're heading into week yeah. 13. Heading into week 13 and uh, rivalry week. Okay, first segment we kind of want to tackle today is going to be, you know, our prediction on what the top 10 is going to look like tomorrow when they come out with the, you know, the new playoff rankings. Mm -hmm. So I think I'm going to leave it to Brock, you know, let's start with, start from 10 and go down. Yeah. Yeah, How about that? Okay, go ahead. What what do you got at 10? Number 10, I'm going to go with Tennessee. Yeah. This was a tough one for me because I think, I think Penn State has a real case, especially with their losses only being, you know the two of probably the top three teams in the country right now. Yeah. And I think the thing that put Tennessee ahead of them for me was Penn State just really doesn't have any marquee wins. Yeah, they don't have that marquee win yet. They don't have that big top 25 win. And I know Tennessee has, you know, a couple of them, especially in the top 10. So I'm going to go with Tennessee at 10. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, just because Penn State doesn't have that marquee win yet. And unfortunately, I don't think they're going to get the chance. Yeah. So that's kind of the, you know. That's kind of what comes with being in that that Big Ten is the West. Big Ten West? Big Ten West. Big Ten West. Yeah, with Ohio State, Michigan, just really competitive. So, uh, okay, he's got Tennessee at 10. At 9, I'm going to go with Oregon. Uh, They got a big win over the weekend against Utah, kind of avenging that loss, the losses last year against them. And I think they they have the resume to jump back into the top 10, and they're going to compete for – you know, potentially a conference championship if they win this weekend. Yeah. So why do you have Oregon above Tennessee? I think just because, you know, Oregon's two losses are to uh, Georgia and Washington and Tennessee's loss, yes, to the number one team in the nation, just like Oregon. Yeah. But I think uh, Washington's a better loss than South, South Carolina. Carolina. And, so. and the fashion of how it was done. Yeah. And I think Kendon Hooker also being out for the rest of the season is going to kind of lower Tennessee's ranking a yeah. little bit more because okay. they're going to be without their star quarterback. Okay. So, Gotcha. All right, eight. Number eight, I went with Clemson. So hard for me to put Clemson here, but they've won their games for the most part besides Notre Dame. So it's like you kind of have to give them the respect there. Yeah. And I don't think they're a top 10 team in the nation personally, but you know they've beaten everybody on their schedule except that, that tough loss to Notre Dame a couple weeks ago. And so, as yeah, and as Notre Dame climbs the rankings, it just helps Clemson even more. Exactly. So, I am going to go with Clemson at eight, in a very spiteful way. Spiteful. So. <laughs> yeah, I I agree. I don't I don't think they're they're anything crazy. But yeah, we'll, they'll get the chance to prove themselves. You know, next next coming weeks. Definitely. So uh, seven, Alabama. Ooh, you know, only only two losses to. You know, LSU and Tennessee, obviously that Tennessee loss took a hit with them losing, but Alabama's Alabama, you know? Yeah. They lost two games by a combined four points, both on the road in hostile environments. Just, you know, a couple plays didn't swing their way, and maybe if they did, we're talking about, you know, Alabama a lot higher. So okay. I got Alabama at seven. Okay, six. LSU. Oh. LSU. Uh, I think LSU is a tough one for me to rank. I look at that loss at home to Tennessee by 27, and I know Tennessee's a top 10 team. That's just a bad loss, though, especially in the middle of the season. Can't have that. You know, the Florida State loss is getting better and better each week, which is nice for LSU. But I think the team that I have at five and the reason that they jumped them 
is because you know their whole complaint has been they haven't played marquee teams yeah and now they're starting to play those marquee teams and they obviously got a win last week mm-hmm. against one of them so, so who's so five being five is as a usc yeah so uh, they beat ucla on the road i guess you yeah. could say you know in in los angeles you know campuses are really close to each other but they beat that beat ucla and got that marquee win of the season so they got another chance this week with Notre Dame coming to town, and then you know they're gonna have another chance in the Pac-12 championship game. So I think USC controls their destiny, and I think you'll see the committee see it the same way. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, you think there's any changes in the top four? I got the same top four as last week: TCU at four, Michigan at three, Ohio State at two, and then Georgia at one. I think you could make the argument that a team would have jumped another team, but they all just played poorly. Yeah, they did. So. You know, TCU winning on a last-second field goal. Michigan kind of winning on a last-second field goal. Yeah. And then Ohio State, it took the last possession to kind of, you know, get that, I guess, a pick six technically. Yeah. To put that one out of doubt. And then Georgia controlled the game against Kentucky, but they just didn't do it in in an exploding fashion. Yeah, which we're used but, to seeing. Yeah, they, they controlled the game the whole way. I don't think there's any any doubt that they're ever going to lose that game. The door was, yeah, the door was open. Yeah. For a team to be able to make a jump there, but no one really, you know, took advantage of that. If TCU goes on the road and blows out Baylor, I, I could 100% make the argument that they should have jumped Michigan. Mm-hmm. But obviously played a close one on the road to Baylor. So everybody's going to stay put yeah. one through four. Yeah. I like that prediction. We'll we'll uh, we'll compare it on Wednesday to, uh, you know, the actual top top 10 and, you know, see how you did. Yep. But, uh, you know, as far as that, updated conference championship outlook – Obviously, we knew this. LSU is going to be playing Georgia in the SEC championship. We knew that last week after the outcomes of those games. North Carolina is going to be playing Clemson, which I think we already knew, right, after last week's games. But uh, USC, they clinch a spot in the Pac-12 championship after their win against UCLA. But um, their opponent is still pending. We we do not know yet. Um, Teams that are... What are, what are some teams that, you know, are available for that spot? UCLA was eliminated with their loss to USC. So now their opponent from most likely to least likely, most likely is going to be Oregon. Um, in the middle is, is Utah. And then least likely is Washington. I think Washington needs a little bit more help than, than Utah does. Okay. So most likely Oregon, but if they lose on Saturday, chaos. Chaos. Ensues. So. Yeah, 100%. To see how that Do you know the scenarios of, of how Utah would get in or how Washington would get in? Yeah, Utah gets in with uh, obviously an Oregon State win. And then they need UCLA to beat Cal and then Washington to beat Wazoo, as well as them beating Colorado. Because they need the three-way tie. Yes, they need the Oregon-Washington-Utah three-way tie. And I believe they get into the conference championship game based on uh, strength of schedule. Strength of schedule? Within the conference, yeah. Because um, we looked into the, the rules of that. Because in a three-way tie, Oregon, Washington, Utah, not everyone has played each other. Obviously, Utah and Washington haven't played each other. Yep. So they go to the next step, which is the strength of schedule. Yes, it's strength of schedule within in your conference and... Utah would win that because they obviously have the best win against being, USC. Being UC, USC. Uh, top of the conference. So, so I mean, Utah hopes still alive for, you know, maybe a Rose Bowl or yeah. maybe a rematch against USC. What's the scenario for Washington to get in? 
Washington's a little bit more complicated. They need, I believe, obviously the Oregon loss. Yeah. And then they need Utah to lose at Colorado and UCLA to lose at Cal, I believe. Oh, really? So, so I mean, that's a stretch. Or I think they need one or the other. It's either one or the other or both. Okay. Because so, they uh, need just a straight up tiebreaker with Oregon. With Oregon, yep. Because they have that win over Oregon, which would get them in. Yes. And then the strength of schedule comes into play with a UCLA loss because it makes Oregon's win look worse and Utah's loss look worse. Gotcha. Okay. So, so I mean, hope's alive. The Pac-12, I mean, second spot is wide open. But um, Big 12, you know, TCU, they clinched their spot with the win. And uh, their opponent also pending, you know. who Who's the most likely for for their opponent? Probably Kansas I, State, right? I believe it's Kansas State, yeah. I think we're going to see that rematch. Um, TCU took Baylor out of it with their yeah. win this weekend. And so I believe it's just Kansas State and Texas, I want to say. Okay. So... Not 100% positive on that, but. And then, uh, yeah, Big Ten, obviously, winner of uh, the game this weekend will go to the Big 12 or Big Ten championship. Yep. And uh, do we know who's going to be playing on that other side? It's still chaotic. I think there's still. Illinois. Three or four teams involved. Um, I think Illinois, if they would have won, would have taken a huge step forward to be in that team. But I think Illinois took a step back with their loss. I believe it's Iowa. Iowa. I think it's Iowa that controls their destiny, but I think that's Purdue, crazy. I think Purdue is right there. That's crazy them. how we could see Iowa, an unranked Iowa most likely yep. in the Big Ten championship, which, yep. which I mean, we've talked about before is is a bad look for the conference. Yeah, you know, they need they need to get to one division. Things will change when they when they add teams to the conference. But uh, to kind of add on that point, I don't know if we talked about it last week, but I think the SEC came out and said they're exploring getting rid of divisions. Really? So. When Oklahoma and Texas come in, it would just be a, a one division format. That'll be interesting because yeah. uh, not everyone's going to be able to play each other, obviously. I would hate to be writing those tiebreakers. Yeah. Because that's brutal. Yeah, that's brutal. Because you're going to, you're almost guaranteed to have three teams at the top that all probably haven't played each other. So I don't yeah. even want to, I don't even want to go through yeah. how those scenarios would work. Obviously, it's not our job. Thank goodness. But, uh, you know, Pac 12 was the first one to kind of, make that switch there were the guinea pigs i guess obviously the big 12 has been doing it for uh for i don't know how long but big 12 has been one division since uh colorado and AM, i Left. think went i think then that's when they condensed to just one okay yeah so i mean and we're seeing that tiebreaker problem in the pac 12 causing some chaos this year but you know that's kind of the updated conference championship outlook throughout the country obviously everything will be solidified after the games this weekend but uh you know some other top Talking points before we uh, conclude this episode, you know, is this Georgia's national championship to lose? Yeah, I think I think we talked a little bit about, you know, there really isn't a clear front runner. But I think if there's a team that is the clearest, I would say it's Georgia. Yeah, because they play, you know, crazy defense. One of probably just as good of a defense as as it was last year, which is insane considering they lost. I think it was like 15 players to the NFL. Mm-hmm. So, so obviously some of those on offense, but majority on defense. So for them to be playing at the level they are again this year with that defense is is ridiculous. Yeah. So 100%. I'd say that the semi-clearest favorite would be Georgia, but that offense just worries me, especially yeah. when you're going to be going up against, you know, these juggernauts 
in Ohio State and I'd even say TCU who, who score a lot. Yeah. So obviously their defense will, you know, counteract that a little bit, but I'd say Georgia's probably the clearest right now, but yeah. I, I would say they're still not even that clear. Yeah. Which is how I like it, you know? Yeah. I want it to be a toss up. Like unpredictable. Yeah, I think I think the matchup that everybody's crying out for right now, or at least I am, is I would love to see Georgia and USC go at it. Really? Because you know that I, offense versus the Georgia defense. Yeah, I think that'd be a fantastic matchup. And then, you know, obviously USC's defense is weak and you know, Georgia's offense has shown it can be, you know, semi weak too. Mm -hmm. So I just think that'd be a fantastic battle between, you know, both those sides of the ball. Yeah, hundred percent. Well uh, we'll see uh you know if if uh, USC runs the table, then that's probably going to be the first round matchup yeah. between one and four, depending on, you know, what TCU does. Because maybe maybe USC sneaks to three if TCU loses in the next two weeks. Yeah, that's definitely a possibility then, as well. Yeah, 100%. But, uh, you know, last question before we conclude things would be, you know, how bad does this sport need a 12-team playoff? Desperately. Desperately. And, and I think this season has shown it more than other seasons. Cause I think in other seasons, we've usually had three clear contenders and then like a fourth that were like, yeah, they're probably a contender, but I think maybe you could swap them with other teams. But I feel like this year, I feel like it's wide open. You know, yeah. I look at, I look at Georgia and I think they're the most complete team, but I still see weaknesses on the offense. You know, you look at Ohio state, that offense is electric, but maybe some potential weaknesses on defense. Mm -hmm. And then Michigan, you know, really one-dimensional with the run game, but that defense is fantastic as well. Yeah. And then, you know, TCU, obviously electric offense, but has been prone to see kind of some step backs. And then, you know, the defense, a lot of questions too. So I think this is the closest kind of race that we've had, you know, for four teams entering the playoff. So I think if we had 12 teams, give those first four teams the bye, and I think you'd get some great matchups. Yeah. You know, just even looking at, at the rankings, I would love to see, you know, Tennessee going up against, you know, Bama again for yeah. a rematch. Yeah. You know, this time it would be in Bama. So that'd be a mm -hmm. great rematch to see. I'm trying to think of some other ones off the top of my head, maybe like an LSU Penn State. Yeah. I think that'd be a great matchup too. And, you know, obviously I think Oregon would play, who do we have at eight? Clemson, Oregon Clemson. I think that could be a potential good game. Yeah. So I just think it opens up more opportunities for really good games. And I think that's never a bad thing for, for college football. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, after this last week, it kind of goes to show that anyone can compete with anyone. Exactly. You know, we didn't expect South Carolina to do what they did. We didn't expect Illinois to be able to compete with Michigan, same with Maryland and Ohio state. So, I mean, you know, if with the expansion we could see some more upsets, which, uh, which is great for the sport, I believe. Yeah, fantastic. So, I mean, as, as a fan, I'm desperate for a 12-team playoff ASAP. I wish it was coming next year. But um, I know they're pushing for 2024, maybe. And I, I bet it gets done. Yeah. I think it will. I think the one kind of bowl game that's holding it up right now is the Rose Bowl because they want to keep that tradition of Pac-12, Big 10. So, we'll see if they eventually kind of give in and just yeah. allow it to happen. But they've been a little petty. Rose Bowl? I see both sides. Yeah. You know, I see the playoff wanting to include the Rose Bowl because it it's probably is the third best bowl game besides the two playoff games. Mm -hmm. And then I could see the Rose Bowl wanting to keep, you know, tradition alive. Yeah. So 
it's it's definitely gonna be a battle, but I think they'll get it done in yeah. time for hopefully that 2024 season. Yeah. So uh, you know, a lot to look forward to. But I think that's gonna conclude things for our 24th episode. Second being on YouTube. Um, you know, we're getting used to being on camera. I love it. Um, we're on all other platforms, you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We've been throwing some clips up on uh, Reels and uh, TikTok and, uh, what was it, YouTube, YouTube, YouTube Shorts? Shorts yeah. YouTube Shorts. So you'll be seeing us everywhere. But um, uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in. And uh, we'll see you on Wednesday for, or I believe, Thursday. Thursday we'll be uh, coming out with an episode for a preview for Rivalry. So um, we'll see you guys then.